0: and welcome to another Scots Swayhay podcast and today I'm joined by musician Roberto Cassani to talk about his album and Sema We Stand but I imagine a whole lot more. Hello Roberto.
1: Hello, how are you doing?
0: I'm well, I'm well. I thank you for taking the time to have a chat. I think before we talk about the album let's put it into perspective and hear about how you Came up to the point of releasing it um i guess where does the roberto cassani story begin that's how, how i'd like to start
1: yeah well i was born in in milan and i lived my the first the first uh, Mm, two decades of my life uh, in a rural place outside Milan. At the time, there was still such an option. Now it's kind of been swallowed up by the, the constantly growing city. Uh, but uh, so I was born and brought up there outside Milan at a place called Rivolta Dada, uh, which is a small town. Uh, and uh, I loved it there very much. Um, and I started playing music when I was there. Uh, however, I got a bit fed up. I wanted to uh, have a bit of uh, adventure. So that was before the internet. So I, I decided to just up and leave with no money and, uh, and nowhere to go. And I ended up in England uh, where I met my wife, my current wife, my, my only wife, <laughs> who, who is uh, from Dunkeld. Uh, up here and uh, we fell in love and uh, that was uh, 22 years ago Uh, and uh, then uh, when it was uh, time to decide uh, where we would live I really liked Italy I wanted to go back in a way but at the same time I by that time I had learned to speak English whereas my wife um, would have struggled uh, to come to Italy and and, and work and, and function um, without speaking Italian. So I decided to come up uh, to Scotland, uh, here in Perthshire, where we still are. And uh, we've been here ever since, really. I don't think that now, I don't know if I'm going to go back.
0: <laughs> uh, there'll be a lot of people thinking... Milan or near Milan, Perthshire, but I, you know, it's a beautiful part of the world. In fact, it got me thinking: uh, what are the comparisons about where you were brought up and Perthshire? Because they're, well, here, they're both know, the rural areas, I guess.
1: Yes, that's right. It, it, the the rurality of it, and also the the feeling of small community, that um, especially in Dunkeld, uh, where I've never really lived in Dunkelda such, but when when my wife's Lara's parents were in Dunkelda, I, I did have that feeling of small community that was really much the same um, to what I was used to at home. Uh, and I liked that very much. Uh, that coupled with the fact that obviously it's a beautiful part of the world. Um, and by the time I came up here, I think I think we must have had a good summer that year because I I decided that it was it was a good idea to stay. Uh, lo and behold, 20 years later, I've experienced some extremes of weather that I wasn't really particularly used to. But uh, I'm still no, I'm still very much in love with, with that part. Although we don't live, we stay in Skun now, which is different from Dunkel. But there is still, uh, in the meantime, what was happening was that here uh, in Scotland, you can still live and have the feeling that you are in a in a place that is 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 you know. Uh, it's okay for a person to, to, to stay in Scotland. I think it, the, the, the pace um, is still quite livable, quite manageable, and, and people are mannerable. Uh, whereas in, at the same time in, in my town, what's happened is uh, at the antithesis of what people think Italian life is, you know, uh, and with the, with the, with the swallowing uh, of the place from Milan that is kind of expanding, expanding, it's becoming a, a very frenetic urban area. That feeling of community has disappeared, I think, from from the places where I was born and brought up. And I used to visit all the time, uh, and I and I and I was saddened by seeing this happening. So when I was when it came to really deciding where I wanted to stay, I, I felt that here I was still a place that I could recognize myself, and I could I could uh, bear myself being uh, constantly uh, faced with, whereas whereas at home I just kept feeling that the place was being was being stripped away from from the way it was and from the way i liked it so that's that's why i'm still here
0: i think the trick is if you see parts of scotland at their best in the best weather you absolutely fall in love with them cuz you know what they can be like you know, yeah. whereas if you, if you were there where it's absolutely pouring down all the time, maybe it's not the best introduction. Yeah. But that's interesting. I think a lot of that's to do with childhood as well, isn't it? If you go to a place where you've been brought up and there's been big changes, it is different to going to somewhere that you don't know. And so your memories and your ideas of what it'll be like are different.
1: hundred percent. I felt that if I, by leaving the, the place, I could preserve it in yeah, my memory. Yeah. Uh, forever and I could bring up my family with the values that were dear to me when I was brought up whereas if I stayed at the rate it was changing at that that beautiful memory would have completely just dissipated eventually and I would have been just different uh, as a result so uh, I'm glad I did that actually to be honest.
0: So I think you've said you, you didn't have a particularly musical family, but you still got into music quite young. Well, for me, it's yeah. quite young. So how did you get into music to begin with?
1: Well, funnily enough, because but listening to my music now, you wouldn't think, uh, but, but uh, I, I, listened to my, I listened to Bruce Springsteen at, and when I was like eight years old, and I thought, this is so cool. And then just um, at the same time, uh, my mum and dad uh, bought a bar and um, in, in, uh, kind uh, of, so, they split, they split the bar because I was a big bar and they, they bought it with my auntie and uncle, and their kids were a bit older than me. And one of them was, 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 uh, a little bit weird because although he was only a teenager, he was big into jazz right. and he had a, a library just as just as big as the one that I see behind you. They are
0: That's full right.
1: of uh, re- jazz records. And he was only a teenager, you know, for me, he was a big boy, but he yeah. was a teenager. And he just got me, And I, I went from Bruce Springsteen to Miles Davis within a couple of months. Uh, and then you just I just got, I, I, I just became just completely enamored with music not knowing anything about, it. Um, you know, I couldn't read music and, and I didn't know anyone who was a musician. But I started writing songs and, you know, sometimes they're the best ones that you're ever going to write are when you don't know anything about how you're meant to do it. Uh, and in fact, when I was still just a teenager, uh, then I met this other guy um, who was also a very young lad, but unbeknown to me, he recorded my stuff and he sent away little demo tapes to all the, the, the record companies. He never told me this um, and then what happened is uh, I got a phone call when I was out playing with my pals. I got a phone call from uh, the guy that wrote Volare, you know, uh, you know that famous Volare. Uh, o. by then obviously he wasn't he wasn't um, active as a composer, and uh, he was in recording. He, he had a, he was very involved in, in record labels and things like that, and he wanted to sign me up. But he phoned and he called my dad on the phone, and uh, and he told him where to go because thought it was a prank call uh, <laughs> but but then, but then uh then so they wrote me a letter and it was it was true nice. <laughs> so they signed me up and so before i before i knew it i didn't do any of the stages in between you know uh before i knew it i, I was i didn't know anything about music and i was signed to a record label um, so that i think that that kind of messed with my head the wrong way uh, and because I had to, everything to learn, I was already there and I had everything to learn. So that's when I decided eventually that I thought, and, and I, I wanted to kind of go away. And then when I found myself in Scotland, I had to start from the very, 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 very bottom. Mm-hmm. And I still kind of pretty much there.
0: Although so I've, I've learned a lot since. But that's such a fascinating story. I mean, that's, you know, because Valari in some ways is almost like a. You know, second national anthem, or it's that famous. Yeah.
1: So well, fact, ha- a, lot, a lot, of people wanted it to be the national anthem. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, I mean, it's a fantastic song, yeah. uh, and uh, one, one of the guy, the, the, there are two of them. There's was Modugno and Migliacci. Migliacci was the guy, and and I have never been to his house, but I've been to the house next door. And when I say the house next door, they used to have hills, the whole hill in Rome, uh, and the, another guy who's a very famous, I won't name him, but he's a very, very, very famous um, Italian singer-songwriter. And uh, he's got the hill next door. And I went to his house, they present, because they were parading me around like a little prized possession when I was, just because I was like a teenage boy that was singing songs that were kind of rooted in jazz without knowing anything about jazz. And they took me to his house and I dressed. I dre- to to perform to just uh, and and they all sat they all sat this famous they all sat in front of me just do you hear me you are missing sing these little stupid songs uh, and I, I I dressed I mean I, I I did my I attempted to be as elegant as I could and uh, they used to take the piss out of me they were all in their shorts and t-shirts they <laughs> said what are you doing dressed like that I, said, oh, I thought it was so anyway I I'm, I'm digressing but uh, well, look, that's that was
0: really interesting the idea of having because you know a lot of people to make those connections some people go through their whole musical careers and not make those connections but to have it at such a young age and as you say maybe without the the knowledge or the experience that you needed to 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 make the most of them or just uh, you know enjoy it i guess
1: yeah no i did enjoy it in a way it just felt so different from what i was used to uh that you know, those were the days where, where people bought records, and as a result of which, record labels were really rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, you know, they were paying me. They were paying me really well for doing pretty much nothing. Really, it was just, it was just so that I, nobody else would sign me, basically, yeah. um, at that time. And uh, and I just didn't understand that concept. And I think even my family struggled with it because when the contracts were coming through, I mean, it was good money, and they and they were thinking. Oh, what's going on here you know that was but in hindsight it was fantastic fantastic experiences but it's very fickle it's very but but it was quite it was quite nice at the time i suppose
0: i guess it does to, to a family or to yourself it would sound too good to be true to basically being you know offered contracts not to
1: do you know what 100 i think that they themselves realized what are we gonna do with this guy now? He doesn't know anything. <laughs> it's has got, I mean, it's got, it's got it's just too little. It's, I was a little boy, uh, so but yeah, that, that's how that's how it started. But certainly the love for music uh, that it was it was there straight away at the beginning. I just couldn't um, contextualize it. You know how yeah. some people write beautiful passages. You know sometimes you write, you read what what your children have written in their in their homework at. Uh, the primary four, and you think you're a you're a, a, a literature genius, but you don't know anything about it, and yeah, it was exactly yeah. the same thing.
0: Yeah, and but so, but you're playing instruments by this point. We actually playing because it's it's a different. You know, I, I got into jazz fairly early as well. Maybe not as young as yeah. that, but certainly. And it's a big leap from listening to Miles Davis to trying to play something a bit. You know, along those lines.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I played the guitar a little bit, but it didn't sound anything like that. Uh, although I was trying to, you know, kind of swing it with keeping one chord or two chords, three chords at the max. But uh, that didn't matter because as soon as um, as soon as I started working, they they coupled me up with 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 people that. You know, were were super musicians, and that's when I when I got into music properly. Because uh, my first mentor was a was a, a double bass player. I never even seen a double bass in my life, but um, when I, I was spending prolonged periods of time at, at his house, and and the double bass was there, and I was kind of tinkling away, and and the the sound sort of got got me straight away. You know, you hear different instruments and you hear different sounds, and and there is always one instrument that you think, yeah, that that's that's the sound that. I like, you know, my, my, my heart uh, response to them more so than... I never liked the guitar, but it was means to an end because it was the the easiest way to to get songs out type thing. Uh, I was terrible. I've always been terrible with <laughs> the guitar. Uh, it's just something that, you know, there are too many strings <laughs> and they're too close together.
0: <laughs> so at this point, where are you starting to learn the double bass?
1: Uh, yeah, and that, but then again, you know, they are But but then it took a lot of time to have the money to buy one, yeah. and then to have the um, discipline to really learn this seriously. Because even when I started playing, I found that yeah, I could learn to, I could learn basic stuff and play rockabilly until the cows came home. But but I still had a, a, an ocean to cross to be able to play. Uh, for instance, jazz, or, or, or even to even to know why I'm playing a certain note uh, and what what that uh, means in the context of music and rhythm and blah, blah, blah. I'm still nowhere near um, what where I would like to be. Like, nowhere near. It's, it's a lifetime. It's a lifetime yeah. pursuit.
0: <laughs> so when you decide to travel... Yeah. um now, it's one thing traveling with a ukulele, another with a double bass. I take it you didn't. No, I didn't have it. Ever. No,
1: no, 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 I didn't have it. In fact, I stopped playing for a long, a long okay. time because okay. um, when, when I, when I decided to come away, I was sort of in between uh, contracts, and I was, I, I was approaching, um, I was approaching like kinda, uh, the age where you can drink to the, at the pub on your own, uh, and. Um, I decided, uh, oh, no, this is not for me and uh, things are taking too long. And uh, and uh, also, at the time uh, in Italy, we had the, the national service and mm-hmm. I was never uh, particularly enamored with, with the idea of the military. And it wasn't a, a factor of discipline because we were brought up with discipline. We were brought up to behave. We didn't need to go and be shouted up by by some guy in a uniform in order to do what we were told because... We, we knew how to do what we were told because that's the way we were brought up. So I didn't feel that I needed to go in the military and I was what they called um, at that time a conscientious objector. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in order to do that, uh, you had to be uh, taken away and kind of given community service. And uh, what they gave me was a year uh, doing care of the elderly and care of disabled people. Um, and I, I loved that to the extent that i wanted to be a nurse Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, that's what i decided to do but when when i looked at it in italy you had to be able to speak english to do part of the course so that's how i decided that i'll I'll just go away i'll learn i'll learn to speak english by living in in great britain uh and uh, at the same time i'll get away from the music so i don't have to sign the next contract and they'll, they'll they'll never find me again because the internet wasn't there, you know. It's not like it, it, you didn't. Have, if you didn't want to be found, you could totally. Yeah, disappear. yeah, yeah. Of
0: course, <laughs> they can't track your phone, or they
1: can't. No, I didn't have a phone. Yeah, there was no mobile phone. In fact, the yeah. first person I met with a mobile phone was when my wife came that came to Birmingham. She had a like a primordial version of the mobile phones with a little aerial sticking out, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, she had one of them. And I thought, wow, how fancy is that? She must be rich, uh, and, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we didn't have any of that. And all that happened is that when the next contract came to the house via via post, my mom, you know, you still phoned with uh, the phone box, and my mom yeah. says, oh, "What do I do?" I said, "Just ignore it," and and that's it. You know, that was the, that was the end of that. Now I don't think you could do that. They'll find you within within like two seconds. <laughs>
0: So you're now, um, you moved to Britain and you you end up in Perth. So how does the music begin again for you? You know, do you start playing yourself or are you around musicians? Are you listening to stuff locally?
1: No, I didn't know anyone really. And I decided, I I didn't decide anything. I just missed it in a way. And um, so what happened is I had time and uh, I had also a level of English that, by the time I learned to speak the language, I sat down and I and I um, wrote some some songs that were like kind of comedy songs, and uh, they were uh, taking the mic out of the um, um, conversation that I was overhearing in, in when, when I was going to the pubs, and there was this sort of. Uh, um, um uh, this sort of macho culture uh, you know they, they used to be prevalent at the end of the 90s and in 2000 in pubs and things like and maybe still there now I don't know I don't go to pubs but um I, I I used some of that conversational things and I put them in in little songs and uh, I started uh going to a couple of uh, open open mic nights uh just singing this couple of songs. Just to see what would happen, and and what what did happen is that I don't know, just complete fluke luck. Um, but before I knew it, I was being given gigs, and I started getting gigs at festivals and things like that. And I still was just me, my you know myself with a little acoustic guitar. I was really struggling to to make you know, things that had really any musical sense. They were all right, they were all right, but they, they sounded terrible to me. And it probably sounded terrible, really, in, in, objectively. Uh, but at least they got me onto the scene and I started uh, meeting musicians like that. So uh, when it came, when I, when, I, when I knew enough musicians, I, I started asking, would you, would you fancy playing with me? And I could play the double bass. Uh, and you and then I get drummers and guitarists, and so we started playing um, the same sort of kind of comedy things, but in a kind of rockabilly, swingabilly version. And we did more festivals and things like that. And then I did more double bass work with other people, which was great for me because I didn't particularly like to go and, and have and and sing comedy songs. I, you know, I did it because it got me gigs and it got me out of the house. But yeah. I never, I never really thought, you know, this is what I really want to do. Uh, and and so on and so forth. I mean, fast forward many years, then this is where we're at now. Uh, and I, and I play more. <laughs> I was I was playing more, but not now. Now they've got no gigs whatsoever.
0: <laughs> but were you aware because the, the the album has got um, a, a kind of fusion of your Italian roots, but also some the Scottish traditions as well. And were you aware of Scottish kind of traditional folk music uh, before you came over, or was that new to you?
1: No, it was completely new to me um, because probably for, 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 it was, it was at those, in those times, you wouldn't discover music unless mm. you were at the record shop. Sure. So the record shop, um, the record shop near where I was didn't have any folk music, uh, had, you know, classical, opera, jazz, pop, rock, metal, uh, those kind of uh, categories. I, I never, if it did have folk music, I, I must have bypassed it. Yeah. Uh, but what I found when I came here was um, obviously a thriving Scottish scene, uh, but also got more and more and more into world music. So I listened to a lot of stuff. We listen to a lot of music from Cuba, from the Caribbean, from from Africa, and, and uh, I thought that would be it would be really amazing to to meet more people that that play. Uh, music that is far away from the charts and from the uh, genre as such. And, I mean, in Scotland, there's certainly a fantastic array of musicians. there are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was lucky enough to, when I was still doing my little comedy songs, I was lucky enough to play in places like Shetland and Orkney. And like everybody, everybody there, whether they're driving the bus or making chips or, or whatever, they're, they're, they're way better musicians than you'll ever be. <laughs> and you think, wow, that's great. So, yeah.
0: No, it's an incredible way to find out about, you know, going to these festivals, it's not only performing, but you're meeting and you're connecting with all these uh, other people. And the other strand of that is the kind of, for me anyway, the recent um, increase in uh, the popularity of jazz and the fusion between all different types of music as well, which makes uh, your album, I think, um, stand out as a great example of that. Um, Was that Mm -hmm. something that, you know, that you slowly discovered or was it with the musicians that you ended up working with
1: yeah you st- you start meeting musicians that they open you to to different to different uh, perspectives and also um, through the musicians you meet they will mention somebody else that they've worked with or they played with so then you go and check them out and you think that you know they're pushing the envelope farther in another direction that you hadn't thought about and i never i never ever ever um have listened to people thinking I wanna I wanna do that too, but I always like listen and think, wow, that, that's fantastic. And uh, and then yeah, maybe I suppose you take some elements of those ideas without taking the actual idea into 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 what you do. But uh, I'm forever in complete awe of people in Scotland. You don't even need to go far too far away from Scotland to just find just fantastic people that play not to become famous or well-known or they just play because they love it and they just do wonderful things. There's, there's, there's a bit of everything. There's, there's stuff that is not great, but like everywhere, but, but, uh, there's a lot of people that are unbelievable, uh, you know, way, 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 way better than, than, than what I'll ever be. But, and I like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, brings us finally to talk about NCM, uh, We Stand, which I think, was it written and recorded during COVID?
1: Yeah. So uh, the, the writing of it was properly during lockdown because of um, what was happening in, in... Because it started off, say, March 2020, before things got bad here they got really bad in Italy. Yeah. And my and in and around my town was where they started off being ridiculously bad. And there are a, a number of reasons for that. I think that the main culprit is the fact that there is a total absence of of um, community health care. So everything is hospital-based. And because there isn't anybody to to call if you're not very well at home, then everybody just flocked at the hospital. The hospitals couldn't cope. There were people dying left, right, and center. And the, But the very image that, 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 that around which the whole thing pivoted was, was seeing the, the convoys of of, um, of uh, military lorries that were taking coffins away from, from the hospitals because the, even the whole region couldn't cope with the amount of dead bodies. Now, that's something that we're still in the midst of it, and now we're... We're we really uh, we're really trying to stop talking about it and get out of it and start living our lives and that's absolutely fine. But at that time, I felt like I felt I felt so awful and I felt like we were living we were we were living an important part of history that couldn't yeah. really um, be left untold. So I started, but but what I, but, but there was a, there was a. a, a some good of it because I could see the my mom was my mom is still there, you know, and she's on her own. And she was saying that, you know, the community was kind of pulling together and they were they were doing that they were doing our shopping and they were they were doing things that they used to do back in the days. So there was some good to come out of that. Uh, so I, I just started from that viewpoint. And I was over here, so I thought you know I could write something that includes Scotland and the culture and the music of Scotland, but also that include that language that is now hardly ever spoke, that is my dialect, and, and those elements of living in a community that, that were so dear to me, and they're still there, apparently. So, so that's how it... So that's how the kind of writing came about? That's how the writing went. Yeah. And, and the, recording, the recording had to be, there was a bit in the middle uh, between lockdowns when it was OK to meet... Yeah. Uh, with, with, within reason mm-hmm. so you could travel to Glasgow which I did and, and uh, a friend of mine called Andrea Gobbi uh, he is he, a recording engineer and a producer and he produced the album and uh, and also um, a, a small core of musicians, there was uh, Anna Massey plays the guitar and other things and John Somerville plays the accordion and uh, Stevie Five plays the drums we could actually play the the, the the nuts and bolts of the album live in in a studio, it, although in three different booths, so that we weren't kind of in close proximity to one another. So that was it. That was the first part of the recording, and then all the other instruments. Then it was like full on lockdown again. So all the other instruments had to go into the studio on their own and and put their their little things. So Greg Lawson on violin and Ross Insley on 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 the pipes and the whistles. They they did things. They did. They weren't live in there with us not because we didn't want to, but because you couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, so that took a little bit longer, but it got, got there in the end type thing.
0: And it's incredible to think that it was done during that year where there were all these restrictions and it just shows you, you know, what, what can be done even when there are these things against you. Maybe sometimes it becomes a, a a plus because you have to work quickly or whatever, you know, differently.
1: And there certainly was a willingness to do it. Yeah. Uh, also, they were freer than they would have been in normal circumstances, oh, uh, and also there was the the support of of creative Scotland, which i 'm very very grateful for otherwise you know when things when things get longer, they also get more expensive, so i wouldn 't have necessarily been able to, to to pay for it if i didn't have the the support
0: it's been interesting from my point of view. Um, You know, you mentioned how you don't have to go very far in Scotland to discover an incredible musician. And it does seem that a lot of people, it's become a real way of coping with the lockdown, with COVID, that musicians have found new ways to not just make music, but to release music as well. And it's changed a lot of people's ways of making it. It's been really quite inspirational. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: And and the thing I love about uh, your album is it does seem perfect for the time because it seems to me it's about moving forward together is that a kind of theme that's there
1: yeah that's what I really really wanted to 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 communicate uh, and the challenge would have been communicating it through music where it's obvious that uh, 99.99% of the people listening to it won't have a clue what is being said but that was that was uh, part of the idea. I didn't really want to because I don't think that with words, uh, especially when I'm trying to be uh, serious or semi-serious, I'm not particularly good. So I just wanted it to sound in a uh, sound uh, a way that, that the people would understand that what it means is community. What it means is 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 moving forward together, a positive message, and things like that. Uh, it's kind of tough to express it in words, but I think in, in music it sort of comes comes across in a way. I think. Mean,
0: it definitely does oh. It's an album in a whole. It's kind of it's uplifting. I think the music is really uh, uplifting for it. Did you have particular inspirations when you were putting it together, or were there too many to name?
1: Yeah, no, probably, uh, probably, in ter- musically yeah. speaking. So, in terms of um, in terms of uh, double bass uh, um, sound and approach, uh, I, I have always been. Um, a great lover of a of a, of a guy called uh, is dead now um, called uh, Charlie Hayden uh, and he was a very famous uh, jazz player but he released a string of albums um, with uh, uh, in a couple of um, different environments one was the Liberation Music Orchestra where he uh, included um, influence from from world music and Latin America uh, and and made the sound jazz without really wanting to sound particularly jazz, but there was there was a, a, a cultural element attached to it. But I just loved his, his sound. I loved the fact that he wasn't trying to show off ever at any point, and it was all about the music. Um, so that was a, a big inspiration. I didn't want to write anything where anybody would show off. Uh, and my uh, goodness, all the people that are playing on it, they can show off, you know, definitely. But they didn't. They just they just played so musically beautifully, really. Um, and uh, so that was a, a big inspiration. Um, and uh, no, I, I, I think other, otherwise, musically, I tried to learn as much as possible uh, about Scottish music without stealing... F- anything from it because i didn't want to be the foreign guy that tries to be scottish uh, uh, and you know, i just wanted to pay respect to it without being like that you know what's he doing is he trying to be scottish <laughs> is he trying to feel so hopefully i've managed to do that
0: well i mean i think it's a sensational album i really do have been playing it so uh, much since i got okay. my copy and i think I was thinking about traditional music in Scotland and how it's changing constantly. And I think particularly recently, it's kind of adopting other traditions as culture changes and the, you know, the, the makeup of, of the people change as well. And I think, and same how we stand, is the perfect example of that, you know, where it is it is bringing traditions together and a kind of celebration of both.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope so, yeah. I, I really, really wanted to do exactly that. So if, if that was communicated to you, that I'm very, very pleased because you know, that's exactly what I wanted to do. And also I didn't want to do it in a way that it would only be understandable to musicians. I wanted it to be accessible. Uh, I just wanted it to be kind of a bunch of lovely songs in a way um, and, uh, or, or, or instrumentals. I didn't want it to be kind of highbrow, because I'm not. I'm not at that level myself anyway, so it it doesn't particularly matter. So, I know I'm I'm very pleased. I just don't know what I'm going to do next, but I'm very pleased with <laughs> that one. Well,
0: is there any possibility of uh, live shows, or have you even been able to consider oh. that?
1: Yes. Yes, there is. Uh, however, it's so difficult because uh, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people, uh, both in Scotland and uh, especially in Italy, that as a principal, they would really love to to see it performed live, but when it's time to nail down a date, even we're not even go as far as talking money because when it's time to just find a date, it's so difficult to say. when? I don't know, uh, and uh, and especially for Italy, it's just like things keep changing, and um, you don't know what venues are going to survive. So I, I'd really, really like to to play perform live. Anywhere, really, but uh but yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> it's a. I think all the musicians have given the the the. They said, yeah, if if you need us for for a live version of it, they would be in principle up for doing it. So that that's good. So at least I just need somebody to put us on.
0: There's lots of open space up in Perthshire. Surely we yeah. could find somewhere that we could do that. Yeah, if you do find a space, please let me know, because I would love to see this played live. I just think it yeah, great yeah. songs, absolutely.
1: Great. Yeah, I will. And, uh,
0: well, Roberto, thanks so much for taking time to have a chat today. I've really enjoyed it. And I do think the album's terrific.
1: Thank you very much. I enjoyed it as well. Thank great. you.
0: And we'll be back soon with someone completely different. Cheers.